then we will kick off. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that by your grace that you have brought us to this time of the day. And we do thank you, Father, for the time of worship that we've been able to uh, have. What a joy and a privilege it is, Lord, to worship you and to praise you. And Father, um, as we now just spend a little bit of time around your word, I do pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will make things very clear for us, um, that you would give to us revelation that comes from your Spirit, and that, Father, that throughout this time there will be a lot of those aha uh-huh moments where we grasp it and understand it. So I pray, Father, that this word um, will come uh, in a simple way and in a way that's understandable and in a way that glorifies and lifts up the person and the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Pray that and ask that in his name. Amen. Okay, well, all right, so here we go. Um, Bennett has already said that tonight is all part of, well, I guess, the introduction in one sense, following his uh, time when he spoke about um, the vision of youth ministry. Uh, Once was impact, now is Light Hill. Um, And so that's an exciting thing. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful um, uh, um, way of being able to describe what God is really wanting to do, um, not only in youth ministry, but in the church itself. And so uh, tonight I want to talk a little bit about the kingdom of God. And Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, and you'll remember he tells his disciples to go ahead of him to Galilee and there he would meet with them. And of course he did meet with them. And the Bible tells us in Acts 1 and verse 3 that the Lord stayed for 40 days um, after his crucifixion. And he appeared to the disciples from time to time. So um, there he was coming to them um, during these, uh, this period of time and he was proving to them in many ways that he was actually alive because uh, you'll recall that the disciples, even though they saw him, uh, it appears that there was still some, um, uh, not doubt, but just, is, are, you re- are you really here with us? And so during that time, he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And so Paul says also in Acts 28 and verse 23, I should say Luke who wrote Acts, talks about a time um, where Paul is speaking and so he's talking to a large number of people. So I think I've got that on here. There we go. Acts 28 and verse 23. So a time was set for Paul, that was, to 
bring the word, to preach and to teach. And on that day, a large number of people came to Paul's lodging and he explained and testified about the kingdom of God and tried to persuade them about Jesus from the scriptures. I want you to notice that the kingdom of God is not a new, just necessarily a New Testament um, thought or teaching, but it goes right back to Genesis. The kingdom of God is all about the spirit and relationship and of life lived out in the kingdom of God. So using the law of Moses and the book of the prophets, he spoke to them of what? The kingdom of God. And from morning until evening. Why am I saying this? And why am I uh, introducing our night with these uh, scriptures? Simply because it would be totally, utterly impossible for any person, any preacher, regardless of who they are, to get up here tonight and in a half hour be able to say all about the kingdom of God. Okay? Totally impossible. But tonight, I'm hoping that I might be able to give you some things that you can take away with you, but also see them in relationship to the vision that we have to Light Hill Youth Ministry and to our church. First of all, I want to say this, that the whole of Jesus' teaching, all of his ministry, in other words, everything that Jesus said, everything that he did, centers around these words, and it comes from Mark chapter 1 and verse 15, and he says this, the kingdom of God is at hand. And in his constant messages of the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom of God, he defines to everyone and to us as well the heartbeat of his passion, which Jesus said was to seek and to save those who were lost. Want to know what Jesus' life was all about? It was about coming to seek out those who were lost and to save them. Now, that is an incredible, important aspect of the kingdom of God. Because, as we'll see a little bit uh, later, you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you are saved, you are born again, born of the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes in and resides within you and confirms you as belonging to God and you become part of the kingdom. That's why it must be incredibly frustrating for people who hear the gospel message over and over again or who observe Christians living and they think all I've got to do is clone myself to be one of them. How frustrating that must be. Because life lived in the kingdom is lived in the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And it's lived, you can only live it as you enter into it. And you can only enter into the kingdom of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot stand on the outside 
and think that you're a part of the kingdom of God. You need to be in the kingdom. And that comes through accepting all that Christ has done for each of us on the cross. So that was the heart beat of Christ. That was his passion. And the work of Jesus was to rescue people from sin's destructive power. How often he would heal somebody because healing was all part of seeing the outworking of the kingdom, the power of God, the presence of God. Want to hear right now say this to you? The kingdom of God, it was not a geographical place and it wasn't physical. It's spiritual. So, Jesus, the work of Jesus was to rescue people from sin's destructive power and to redeem people. And this along with the other aspects of the kingdom of God and its relevance to our lives and specifically to Light Hill Youth Ministry, young adult ministry is what we want to explore tonight. We want to look at the kingdom of God and what, what relevance does it have to each of us as Christians but also what relevance does it have to a ministry that's seeking to advance and to build the kingdom. And that is really what um, Bennett and the youth leaders are wanting more than anything else to see the kingdom of God advanced in the lives of people and built in the lives of people and see its impact through the youth into our community and into our world. What a wonderful, wonderful vision that is. And we will see a little bit later on, of course, you can't do that in your own strength. You need the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk a little bit about that as being kingdom power to live a kingdom life. Okay. Well, the dynamic of Christian life and ministry is found in an understanding of what the kingdom of God is. And Paul reminds us, golly guys, I'm so sorry, I don't even know if... No, I don't even know what I've got. Um, I was really um, getting this out very late tonight. But Paul reminds us that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. That is, it's not rituals, it's not performance. It's not something you can do in the flesh, the kingdom of God. Oh, Oh yes, of course you can work out the kingdom in your own life. But the kingdom of God is more than that. But rather, Paul goes on to say, it's in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So here we get again this understanding that the kingdom of God is not a matter of flesh and blood, as it were, and and striving and performance and all of that, but something that's internal, something that comes from the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? It's the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us and working out of us. It's not physical and it's not a geographical setting. I can't say to you tonight, for instance, all of us next year, let's all go to the kingdom of God. You know, who's going to book the tickets? Who will look after the itinerary? 
you know, no. It doesn't, you can't do that. It is not a place, a geographic. The kingdom of God in the essence of the church's message and life is that we are called to the kingdom life and power in the present, right here and now, while still we're anticipating a final fullness of the kingdom. When Jesus comes back as the glorious king that he is and the consummation of the age, when it's all wrapped up and finished and finalised, the bow has been tied and that's the end of the matter. But in the meantime, we're living in the kingdom and we're seeing the kingdom worked out in our lives and through our lives. Okay, first of all, I think I've got this. The kingdom is within you. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus. Now, don't think that they were being um, just inquisitive here. They were trying to hook him and that once they hooked him, they were going to gut him and then, uh, you know, do all kinds of things. So this was a question really to to, um, you know, to, to really uh, get at him. And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, oh, here it is, <laughs> or it's over there, let's book a seat. No, it doesn't say that. For the kingdom of God is already among you, already among you, already within you, and foundational to the gospel and to scripture is that the kingdom of God is a spiritual reality and dynamic. In other words, it's alive. It's dynamic. It's full of power. It's full of vitality. It's got, you know, this strength and power about it. The kingdom of God is not a wussy thing. And that's why you get excited because the Holy Spirit is developing in you and me and growing you in, in you and me the kingdom of God. And it's not a wussy thing. It's powerful. And that's why Paul says, you know, it's not a matter of what you, what you do. It's not a matter of what you eat and things like this, but it's a matter of joy and righteousness in the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within you. And so foundational in all of that is the spiritual reality and dynamic that is available to every person. Sometimes you kind of look at, uh, you know, and please forgive me, I'm not, I'm not wanting to, to judge people, but sometimes I, I, I see Christians and I've, you know, pastored in church and like this over many, many years, and you, you might think that they suck lemons most of the day. There's just a, a, a deficiency of this joy. Now, I understand um, the fact that, uh, you know, we go through trials and testings and there's a heartache and a heartbreak within each of us. Life, Jesus said, will rake you over. In other words, this is what he said. In this life you'll have tribulation. The same word for tribulation, rake you over. Put a picture in your head right now of somebody with a rake, you lying down and them just raking you. Good picture. Now that's, a, that's what Jesus is saying. That's what life will do. And then he goes on to say, but be of good cheer, but I have overcome the world. 
Jesus had overcome the world. So even though life deals this stuff up to us, we can look to him and we know that in him we have victory. Isn't that what we've been singing about tonight? You know, oh, is it just enough to rock and roll? Yeah, yeah. I mean, those words that we were singing are full of power. As long as you take them into your life and uh, appropriate them into your Christian living. And in fact, they're kind of like kingdom songs. And so, um, you know, there are Christians who really... I don't think I've understood um, what it means uh, life in the kingdom is all about. And there is strength, there is power, there is joy, there is peace, there is victory. All of those kinds of things. And so, to receive Jesus, is to re- who's the king, is to receive his kingly rule in us, not only in your life, but over all of your affairs. And through your life, by your service and by your love for him. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. How do I know the kingdom of God is within you? How do I know that? I I would see uh, a, a, a real reflection of Christ. Uh, I'd be able to pick it out. I would see what? Generosity and love and forgiveness and kindness and patience and goodness and purity and, and, and behavior and conduct and, and all those kinds of things that uh, identify us as being in the kingdom of Christ. And so, um, the kingdom of God is within us. But how do we enter into, the, into God's kingdom? The entrance into his kingdom. I tell you the truth, unless you were born again, you cannot see the kingdom. Do you remember that time when Jesus gets this um, uh, message from Nicodemus? Nic- Jesus, would you come and see me? Um, don't come during the day, but come at night and, um, you know, come alone. Mm, Okay. And so Jesus meets with Nicodemus and Nicodemus goes, you know, truly you are, you've got to be a man from God because no one could do all the stuff that you do unless God was with him. And I just love the way Jesus just didn't even take that. He just didn't even listen to that. He just bang, said, you must be born again. (laughs) Where did that come from? I'm sure Nicodemus is saying. And of course, he talks, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And when ordinary people, just like you and me, uh, receive forgiveness of our sins and are born again, we, we repent of our sins, we ask God to forgive us, we hand over the management of our lives to him and we ask him to come and fill us. At that moment, we're born again. Who can remember that time? I can remember being born again. 
You know when a bub comes out of the womb and it comes out like, well, it doesn't come out screaming, it can, but, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the doctors, well, they used to slap them on the backside. They don't do that anymore, do they? They throw them in the air. No. <laughs> they don't. But the, the, the little bub just screams like crazy. I want to tell you, when I was born again, I screamed. Not literally, but in, uh, I, I was sitting in a, 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 an auditorium, a stadium with thousands of people. And I was 16 and I was the rudest teenager you could ever see. And what I did was I pushed people out of the road to get up to the front. Pushed them out of the road. And when I got up the front, the guy said, yes, what can I do for you? I said, I want to I have Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. And he said, I can do that for you. Just follow me in prayer. And I prayed. And I want to tell you, Jesus just came into my life and I was born again. And I knew it happened because my mum and I got into a taxi and went home and, and we were just motor mouth all the way. And the taxi driver said, why are you guys so happy? I said, we came to know Jesus tonight. I was born again. And all of you have got a story, something like that. And if you haven't got a story like that, let me tell you tonight, sound like an auctioneer, don't I? Tonight, tonight is the night. Why would you walk away from that? Jesus is here saying to you, if you don't know him tonight, and I don't know everyone here tonight, come to me, come got to be born again. You want to come into my kingdom. You want to know me. You want to know my power in your life, my joy, forgiveness, hope, a future. Then come. Tonight is the night. Maybe you're there tonight and I want to say, do it. Don't procrastinate anymore. No more putting it off. Tonight is the night. Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Because you know what happens? Every time you put it off, what happens is this. I want you to visualise your heart. Okay? This beautiful, soft, yet powerful organ that we have. Every time you put it off, it puts a coating over the heart. Keep putting it off and what the Bible says, your heart becomes hard. That doesn't mean to say, oh, you know, don't believe in Jesus. It just means that it's harder and harder and harder to hear the message again. Tonight is the night of salvation for somebody in this place. Tonight, this moment, this minute, tonight. Okay? Whoa, where'd that come from? But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> when ordinary people like you and me receive forgiveness of sin, are born again, um, we enter into the kingdom of God and it is established within us. And a miracle happens. Just this miracle of divine grace and it comes to us through faith and by Jesus. And it comes through the cross. And the good news of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God, the good news is... Um, that we are fully reconciled to God as our Father. We're fully reconciled to him as our Father. 
And we not only step into the kingdom, but also the Holy Spirit enables an incarnation of the kingdom life to flow out of us. Does that sound okay? That incarnation. You know, Christ became flesh. He was incarnate. So we too, Christ is seen in us. Light Hill, Christ is seen in the midst of Light Hill. Right? And everything you say and do shows him, reflects him. Same with all of us at church. Let's talk a little bit about the, uh, I think I've got this down on a slide. I have the character of the king and the kingdom. Living in the kingdom. Okay? Kingdom living. One Sunday, um, there was this mum who was driving home from church and she had a little girl with her and, and she'd been to kids' church and had a really good time. And so she's talking to her mum and she says this, um, my kids' leader said something really strange this morning. <laughs> okay. So mum says, oh, all right, so <laughs> what did she say? And so the little girl said to her, well, she said that God is bigger than we are. No problem there. And so she said, God is so big that he could hold the world in his hand. And so the mum goes, well, that's true. That's exactly. God is big. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. (laughs) Who sang that at Sunday school? Yeah, thank you. (laughs) There's nothing my God cannot do. So he's big. He holds the whole world in his hand, right? And so the mum says, yeah, that's true. And the little girl thought for a little bit and said, well, she also said, my teacher also said that God comes to live inside of us when we believe in Jesus as our saviour. Is that true? And so her mum assured the little girl that what the leader had said was true. You know, when, when we be, come to Jesus and we we become a Christian, he comes to live within us through the Holy Spirit. And then with this somewhat puzzled look on her face, a little girl asked, if God is bigger than us and he lives in us, wouldn't we explode? No, we just didn't say She said, wouldn't he be shown through us? If God is living in us, Here's a mystery for you. Chronicles says that the heavens and the heavens of the heavens cannot contain God. Here's a mystery. If you're a Christian, you contain God. By rights, we should be plastered all over the universe. But we're not. Wouldn't he show through, says the little girl, and the point is this, and this is right at the heart of kingdom living, right at the heart of kingdom living, that every aspect of our lives, in every aspect, God would shine through. God would shine through with my words. God would shine through with my actions. God would shine through with my thoughts. Every aspect 
of my life, people would see God shining through. Okay? And that's God's purpose for you and me ever since he first came into our lives. That he would so fill us, that he would so reign in us, that he would show through us. I love that. That he would just show through us and that he would be seen by other people through our attitudes, our conduct and our actions. Now in the Sermon on the Mount, which um, goes through uh, Matthew 5 through to Matthew 7, Jesus outlines those primary aspects or characteristics of people who receive the rule of the kingdom of God and he, he says this, remember the Beatitudes, right? blessed are those, blessed are those, blessed are those. There are nine direct references to the kingdom of God in, in his sermon. And so Jesus, and I haven't got him here, but Jesus, when he talks to, about what it means to be living in the kingdom, what does that look like? What does that look like? Who am I going to pick on tonight? Tim. Tim. There he is. I won't pick on you. But as a Christian, let's talk just, you know, not looking at Tim, but even just thinking about me, knowing that I fall so very short of what it is that God would love to see in me as someone who knows and follows him. Jesus calls for humility. He calls for a willingness to suffer under uh, Pontius Pilate. (laughs) Right. Under persecution, <laughs> um, he, he would expect an earnest attention to the things that he's asking me to do, a refusal uh, to substitute false piety for genuine right behaviour. In other words, it's all very well to say one thing and not live it. Okay, so he'd be looking for something that's really genuine in me, uh, uh, a life of prayer. And I've got all the scripture references if you want to see them, but a life of prayer. Um, uh, uh, One of of prioritizing spiritual over material wealth. You know, Jesus, where your heart is, there will be your treasure. Okay, and also acknowledging the lordship of Christ by obeying the will of God. That the end of the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, you know, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do my Father's will. Okay. So, what we just read there, those things, humility, willingness to suffer persecution, etc., etc., they're kingdom values their kingdom values, and these are the values, hear me now, that Jesus cares about. I want to tell you something. Um, 
I'm not devaluing by any means what God achieves through me, just like you're not devaluing anything that God achieves through you. All your service and work for him is wonderful. But Jesus looks for something deeper than that. Right? He looks for these kinds of characteristics, these attributes in my life. And these are the values that he cares about. And Jesus challenges us to care about those very same values and to set the course of our lives by them. And Jesus taught that if you and I follow these teachings, then we will live under God's blessing and enjoy his favour. That's what it is when you're living in the kingdom. Now in that sermon, Jesus told his disciples, you are the light of the world. Did I get that there? (laughs) You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Now, you would have, uh, how many of you got one of these? Does it look familiar? Okay. The vision is, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. Now this is the very scripture that Light Hill Youth and Young Adult Ministry has as its vision statement. This wasn't something that Bennett thought, now there's a good idea. That sounds pretty good to me. I think I'll, we'll do that. No, he didn't do that. Bennett sat on a rock at pulpit, lookout, pulpit, what do you call it? Pulpit rock. <laughs> pulpit rock. And, and, and I'm sure he, he told the story when he looked back um, over Blackheath and all that. And God had been at work in his heart and putting this vision of what God wants to achieve in the lives of, of young people and young adults and adults in the church that we would be that light that would shine for Christ in our community. It's a great statement. Live a life that so reflects the indwelling Jesus. And Paul, the apostle, says a similar thing to the Philippians and he writes this. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. My goodness gracious, look at that. That's the kind of lives that we in the kingdom of God are to live. We're to shine. In fact, I love uh, um, NIV and others. They say, shine like stars. You know? But that is it. The world is described as crooked and perverse. We are to show the values of the kingdom to all those that people might go, you know those Christians, they're a weird bunch, but gee, I tell you what, they're right on the money in terms of how they live. And that goes back to Jesus. He receives all the honour, all the glory and all the praise. So the call to kingdom living and ministry includes the expectation that the fruit 
and the gifts of the Holy Spirit will be developed in us. And the same Spirit that distributes the gifts for kingdom service also works in us to bring out this quality of life, of love, and a holy character. Okay, finally. Advancing the kingdom through kingdom power. But you shall receive power, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Uh, You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And as Jesus spoke with and he taught his disciples during those 40 days following his resurrection, they asked him if now was the time. You know, is now, is now the time? Jesus, you're going to be the king and, and, you know, you're going to come and, you know, whip the living daylights out of the Romans and, you know, and the whole bit. And Jesus, of course, says it's not for, your, for you. It's not for you uh, to know. Did I put that in there? I don't think so. It's not for you to know the future, Jesus said. But it's yours to receive the Spirit's power. Now, in those words, Jesus makes three things, uh, makes three points. The Holy Spirit is the person and the power by which support and ability is giving, given to us for serving the Lord and for sharing the life and power of God's kingdom with others. You'll receive power You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Okay? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So when the Holy Spirit fills us, you'll know it. You should know it. Jesus said um, to his disciples um, in Acts 1 verse 5, John baptized with water. Anyone been baptized with water here? Did you know it? Of course you knew it. You got wet. (laughs) For goodness sake. You got wet. Did you know it? Of course I knew it. You knew it. And so it is. Jesus says, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now I'm a pretty simple Christian. So I kind of go, if I know I've been baptised by water, then I should know that I'm being, I've been baptised with the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus, John said he will baptise you with fire and the Holy Spirit. Anyone been burnt? <laughs> so it's, it's this experience of knowing that the Holy Spirit has filled us. Okay. Well, I I just want to finish there. God has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit and it's through his empowering presence in our lives that we are empowered for kingdom living, kingdom building and for being kingdom agents. In other words, you know, we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now go and take that out. Not only take it out, but, you know, live in such a way 
that people see Christ. Now I'm looking down at all you guys and I know that that's exactly what you want to do. You want to be lights. You want to reflect Jesus. You want to show him to everyone because you love him and he saved you. And there's no one like him in your life. And so I just want to say to you, you know, even as you begin, you know, I know you went back to youth last Friday night, but even as you begin that, commit yourself to that. In your own prayer times this week, just say, Lord, I want to commit myself to you and, and to be living in the kingdom, to be light, to be that light for others. And so empower me with the Holy Spirit because, Lord, if I've got to live in this kingdom, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to live. A life that brings honour and glory to you in all I say and all I do. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? Someone write that down. That's a <laughs> um, but it does. In all that we do, that he might be glorified. So to be kingdom agents as we live out the gospel in our lives and bear witness to Christ in the world. Okay, let's pray. Um, and just before I do, um, again, I want to go back to that when I said, you know, that entrance into the kingdom is through giving of your life, accepting Christ as your Lord and Saviour. And if that's for you tonight, um, you might want to talk to someone who can help you to enter into that kingdom. It's not a big deal. Truly, for me it was just a prayer and for most of us it was a prayer. And, um, and so someone might be able to help you. Um, I'm around, Bennett's around, and so, you know, please don't go. If you really feel right now in your, in your own spirit that God is tap dancing all over you, right? And he's just moving in your heart and you know that. And I want to encourage you to, um, you know, to seek someone out. Perhaps myself or Bennett. And so, Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for that time of worship and thank you for the time around your word. And I pray, Father, that we would be those who would reflect the indwelling Lord Jesus Christ. We love him so much and we don't want to do or say or be anything that would bring um, uh, discredit to his name and person. Oh, Lord, help us to shine brightly as we go out into this new week, into our workplace or into school or uni, wherever we go, Father. Even if it's to, to, you know, to go and have a coffee and to sit down and, and to be who we are just in that space. Help us, Lord, by acts of kindness and gracious words and, and uh, a, a word to build up or to cheer someone along the way. Help us to reflect you, Lord Jesus, in everything. And I pray, Father, that you would come and fill us anew and afresh once more, Lord, that you would empower us to live for you. 
And I pray that, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Amen.